Father, thank you this morning. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your grace. If you can hear me loud and clear, just type, thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. Good morning, everyone. We have just barely one hour. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Father, thank you for life. Thank you for mercies. Thank you for your grace. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We ask that your word fall on good grounds in our hearts. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. All right. We started something at the camp um, we couldn't go through, and I would like to get into part of it because we are still extending the camp meeting to online. I think by tomorrow we should be getting the flyer for the online edition or the date per se. By tomorrow we should be getting the details for the online edition. Um, I told us the oil is just a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The actual oil speaks of the person of the Spirit. So it is important that we get a proper understanding of what and who we are dealing with. It is important that we get a proper understanding of what and who we are dealing with. We know the Holy Spirit told us that is the seal to our salvation, is the powerhouse of God, is the third person of the Trinity, and the Holy Spirit is the same as the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the same person as the Spirit of God. They are not different people. All right. So, if the Holy Spirit is all this to us and more, then it is important that we keep Him close. It is important that we keep Him active and we keep a good relationship with Him. But, unfortunately, certain persons, even believers, don't believe in the Holy Ghost, don't have the Holy Ghost, or don't even understand how to work with the Holy Ghost. So at the end of the day, they fall in and out of trouble again and again and again and again and again and again. So we are treating on sins against the Holy Spirit. Sins against the Holy Spirit. Five sins against the Holy Spirit. If you heard me, Type it on the screen for me. Five sins. Five sins against the Holy Spirit.
five sins against the Holy Spirit. Five sins against the Holy Spirit. All right, let's hit the road. Number one is blasphemy. Number one is blasphemy. I said to us last time, of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit has no business with forgiveness. Of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has no business with forgiveness. The Holy Spirit does not forgive. You only find forgiveness with the Father or the Son. Blasphemy has been defined as um, saying something sacrilegious about a religion, about a deity. Saying something sacrilegious, disrespect, desecrating a religion. Recently, I saw a, a news on, on the social media that a singer in Nigeria went to do a video and part of the video, they added what looked like a mosque and some Islam and all the Muslims has risen their head that they have to kill him. So the only reason why they are showing pity is that he's a rich man and a rich man's son. But they have to boycott his products in all the northern parts. Anybody they hear playing his music, the person should be beheaded just for playing song. Blasphemy is the offense of speaking sacrilegiously about God or sacred things. When you begin to speak sacrilegiously about God or about sacred things, blasphemy is great disrespect shown to God or things that pertain to God. Blasphemy is when you show disrespect to God or the things that pertain to God. All right. Oh, God, help me. So let's get a scriptural example on what blasphemy is according to the Bible, then we know if we are guilty or not. Don't forget, I said, the Holy Spirit does not forgive. Nah, it doesn't. And we'll see it on the Bible. Matthew 12, let's get Matthew 12 from verse 22 to 32. So the Holy Spirit can be sinned against. And one of the first sins you can sin against him is blasphemy. Help me, help me. 
Matthew 12, 12. All right, everyone follow this now. Follow this. Then was brought unto him, he's talking about Jesus now, one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him. It is so much that the blind and the dumb spoke and saw. Okay, 23. And all the people were amazed and said, Is this not the son of David? 24. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Bezebub, the prince of devils. So the only thing they said now, pay attention to where we're going to, the only thing they said now is that the, the power that he's using is not clean. Okay? After he had done the miracles, that the power is not clean, that the power is from um, a demon called Bezebub, who is a prince. He's not the devil, but a prince of devils. Now, one of the signs of Bezebub is flies. Another word for Bezebub is the god of flies. If you suddenly realize that there are flies in your house when there's nothing rotten, you suddenly realize there's a fly in your office or in a place, nothing rotten, nothing spoiled, nothing smelling, Bezebub is around. All right? whether the small flies or the big flies, but you find it often associated with the big flies. But whether the small or the big, it means that the demon of Bezebub is around. That's one of its, its signs. So they are saying that Jesus is doing miracles through the instrumentality of a demon because they have never seen such kind of miracle in their life before. All right, let's go now to verse 25. Let's go. We're taking down to 32. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? So now, Jesus is giving us also a heads up that if you find somebody who is doing ministry with a fake power, they might be able to prophesy. They might be able to fake healing. They can't do deliverance. Let me repeat. If somebody is using a great, a fake power, they can't do any other, anything they do that looks like deliverance is fake because Satan cannot cast out Satan. No kingdom is divided against itself. All right, verse 27. And if I, by Bezebub, cast out devils, by whom do your children then cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. Okay, let's go to verse 28. Sometimes if you read the Bible, the sarcasm of Jesus is so amazing. His response is very sarcastic. 28. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is common to you. All right. And or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goose? Except so now Jesus is now in the, in the in this same scripture teaching how to 
cast devils out, teaching what makes you suddenly begin to experience losses and how to come out of it. So he's saying now, he has hearkened um, to the fact that the thing fighting you is not a joker. It's called a strong man. How can one enter a strong man's house and spoil his goose? All right? Except he first bind the strong man. Then he will spoil his house. So what is fighting you is called a strong man. For you to be able to take what is yours. So he's trying to explain that. I'm not using the demonic power. Because you would need something stronger than the strong man to be able to bind the strong man and collect the things in his possession. So, Pastor, why have I been praying? Nothing is changing. You are dealing with a strong man. Pastor, I've been fasting. I've been praying. I've, it's not going. You are dealing with a strong man. So, the process here is that you must, first of all, understand how do you bind the strong man? How do you bind the strong man? You must learn how to do with not just prayer. I keep telling us prayer is good, but there's a way to pray right. How do you bind the strong man? So you bind him, you spoil his goods, you spoil the possessions. All right? Before you are now able to redeem and restore what is yours. Verse 30, he that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. All right, let's get to 31, 32. We find the last statement he made. Now, Wherefore I say unto you, look at this now, all, man, all manner of sin and blasphemy. Please pardon me. I, oh, God. All manner of sin and blasphemy against um, shall be forgiven unto men. All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven. Please, I need a different um, version on 31 and 32. Get me two different versions, all right? Let's see if they say something else. Sometimes King James can just exaggerate, but I've studied the didn't. I just want to make it clear to you. And it said, but blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Note this now, verse 32. And whosoever speaketh word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. So if you speak against Jesus, you insult Jesus, okay, he will forgive you because he's the lamb. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. That statement is scary. If you sin against the Holy Ghost, you will not be forgiven in this world till you die. You now leave this world to get to heaven or get to hell, wherever you are going to. You say you will not be forgiven. Can I get another version, please, if you have it? Can I get another version, please? Let's read it and let's... Okay, while we wait for that, okay, I think we'll have some here. Easy, easy to read. Say, God is able to forgive all the wrong things that you do, so including murder, um, fornication, abortion, whatever that you do, say God will forgive. Huh? And the bad thing that people that they say against others. But God will never forgive people who say bad things against the Holy Spirit. Look at the word he said, never. Look at the word he used there, never. 
God will forgive people who say bad things against me. So Jesus said, even me, if you say bad things against me, God will forgive you. The Son of Man. But we never, he brought the word never again, never forgive people who say bad things against the Holy Spirit. He will not forgive them now or ever. Okay, let's get to NLT. So I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, except blasphemy against the Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. TPT, let's take that, that one lastly. TPT says... This is why I warn you, God will forgive people for every sin and blasphemy except one. There is no forgiveness for the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. If anyone speak evil of me, the Son of Man, he can be forgiven. But if anyone speak against the Holy Spirit, it will never be forgiven now or ever. All right. Thank you for the versions. So now, what is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? We read from verse 22. They said that Jesus healed the blind and the dumb by the spirit of Bezebub. So blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is simply when you begin to ascribe the works of Jesus or the works of God to the devil. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is when you begin to ascribe the works of Jesus or the works of God, the works of the Holy Spirit, because in the system of Godhead, anything that has to do with power manifestation is for the Holy Spirit. In the system of the Godhead, whatever that has to do with power manifestation, healing the sick, prophecy, um, everything, check from Genesis, there could not be creation until the Spirit got involved. Jesus came on the scene to deal with relation with mankind. All right? He came as a baby. He was born, walked through the earth, grew, felt things die, went back to the Father, sitting by him to intercede for us. So he has bought the world for himself. The Father is the one in charge of the creation, in charge of the whole affairs. He makes the final decision. The Holy Spirit is in charge of power and keeping our spirit's relationship with the, tr the Trinity. So he deals with the issues of power. So anytime you see a miracle happen, it happened through the person of the Holy Spirit. But it can only happen in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit does not have the, in quotes, in quotes, in quotes, the integrity of a name. What he has is the integrity of a person. 
Jesus is the one that has the integrity of a name because he paid the price of coming to earth to die. So that's why I said in the book of Philippians chapter 2, read from verse 5, 6 down, it said that God had given him a name above every other name that at the mention of the name of Jesus, not the name of God, not the name of the Holy Spirit. So if you are coming now to contend with a demon, and you say, I command you, the name of the Holy Spirit, go. The demon will not respond. If you come and say, I command you, in the name of God, the demon will not respond. It must be the name of Jesus. That is where the whole thing has been wrapped up because he was the one that died, not the Holy Spirit, not God. So the whole thing was created um, in a segmental system so that we'll be able to get a proper function. But a lot of believers don't even understand this. A lot of people don't even know the capacity of what the name of Jesus carries. Mention any angel, you will not get your deliverance. Mention the name of God, you will not get your deliverance. Mention the name of the Holy Spirit. What the devil fears is at the mention of the name of Jesus. So, the moment a miracle happened, a man of God heals a blind. A man of God heals a sick person, raised the dead. A man of God prophesies. He said, who? Don't mind them. Juju, he has gone to collect power. Charlie, you just blasphemed. And the day I realized this, it dawned on me, a lot of you listening to me, you've been victim of this. A lot of you online now. Some of you now, you are afraid because you have now read that you will not be forgiven in this world or the next world to come. And the Bible is true. The Bible does not lie. And being so authentic, if you read your, your, your Bible, you'll find out it's written in red. The pen, the, 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 writing in red is the words of Jesus. The words of a lot of us have been victim of this. You are watching TV. You saw a man of God do a miracle. Ah, Juju is fake. It's not God. Ah, how can somebody whose leg is broken just come back like that? How can somebody who cannot see? Ah, it's not God. It's Juju. Charlie, what you just did is blasphemy. What you just did is blasphemy. And on my little research, I'm still researching, from my little research, I've not seen any scripture that changes what Christ has said. Are you getting me? I've not seen any scripture that has altered what Jesus has said, that, okay, um, that thing that Jesus said, that if you sin against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. Okay, um, right now, um, if you sin against the Holy Spirit, go and bring communion wine, drink two or drink three, and all of that, and whatsoever, and blah, blah, blah. I've not seen, there's no scripture, I've not seen any scripture that redeems any believer. I'm, I'm sure there is a way of redemption, but I still think there will still be a penalty even with the redemption, redemption. That might not mean that you will go to hell, but even as you go into heaven, I'm sure it will be marked, it will be put on your score, on your record. All right, I'm still doing, I'm still studying on it. I've not seen any scripture that invalidates that statement Jesus made. 
All right? So, a lot of us, we are victims, and we keep doing it. We keep doing it. We keep doing it. Please, I've said this to us, anywhere you see a miracle, anywhere you see a move of the Spirit, a manifestation that you don't understand, instead of you to talk or criticize, move away. Instead of you to talk or criticize, move away. Stop talking. Somebody bring up the discussion. Stand up and leave them. Don't kill yourself. Are you following me? So blasphemy is when you begin to ascribe the works of God to the devil. So pastor, what should I do now? What you should do is to go to Jesus and ask for mercy. Plead the blood. Talk to God for mercy. Talk to God for mercy. That's what I think and I know that you should do. But pastor, God said he won't forgive. Don't forget he's called a merciful father. Take it to him in prayer and ask for mercy, and stop it. Please, anywhere you see a miracle, you see things happening, you don't understand it. Don't talk. If your spirit doesn't feel comfortable, turn off your TV or stand up. Walk away. Don't discuss it. I've said this to us again and again. Please, the things that has to do with God. Don't forget from, if you check the dictionary um, um interpretation of blasphemy it is it is just pointed to god it pointed also to the things of god anything that has to do with religion or holiness godliness when you begin to profane those things don't join to speak against men of god oh there's one pastor there they said charlie forget it walk away walk away so that you won't carry judgment over your life and your generation that you cannot explain. So that you will not carry judgment over your life that you will not be able to explain. Your unborn children just begin to go through what they don't understand. Okay? You don't just raise children who are just suffering. They cannot get married. They cannot get pregnant. They are not aware of what their mother said about a man of God 50 years ago. But by then, you are going to be with the Lord. Your children are now suffering for what they cannot explain. Please. 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 All right, let me show us one more scripture. There are a lot of scriptures to validate this, but I don't have time. Um, I think John. Is it John? Okay, no. Get me Matthew 27. 
the crucifixion of Jesus. Something very strange happened in that scripture. And this also brings us to the issue of generational curses. How families lure themselves into problems. So, some people will say, why is Africa suffering certain things and we feel that the whites cannot go through what we are going through? For them rejecting Jesus, all the signs are there. Wake up today and tomorrow and say you are no more a man, you are a woman. Different kind of disease, cancer, and the junior brother that is plaguing them like never before. Hold on, don't pull. I will give you the, the verse to post, not from verse 1. Hold on for me. Go to verse... Um, we'll, go, we'll go from verse 24. Just get it. Hold on for me. Now look at this. The missionaries who picked up the gospel first sacrificed themselves to get down to Africa to share the good news with us. According to um, history... Some of them were murdered in Africa. Some were buried alive. Some were beheaded. Some, a lot of things were done to them. And first of all, the foundation of Africa has been traced to Ham, the son of Noah. Is it Ham? The son of the grandson of Noah that was cursed. Africa foundation has been traced. All right, had been traced to had begun with a curse. Okay, not you, but the foundation of Africa has been traced to had come from a curse. Now, in the future coming down, when God would have sent people to redeem the land, the same people in Africa began to behead and bury the missionaries who were sent to be a blessing to them. Is that not blasphemy? Don't forget, blasphemy is not just speaking. Blasphemy is anything you do, or any ungodliness you do against God or against his elect or whatever that has to do with his things. Hmm? There's a church close to you and whatever happened, they are destroying the church. You go and join them to destroy. Shall it? Be careful. Let's get that scripture now. Matthew 27, 24, 25. All right, that's enough. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail, nothing, but rather made a tumult, rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands. You see what the man did? When they were trying to kill Jesus, he told them, let this guy go, he's free. Let this man go. Let him go. He's free. And they could not, they didn't allow him. He took water, washed his hand as his own prophetic direction before the multitude. And he made a speech. He said, I am innocent of the blood of this man, this just person. See to it. So whatever that happens to this man, me and my generation, we have removed ourselves. Verse 25, look at what they said. All the people answered. Then answered all the people and said, let his blood be upon us and our children. Then release he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scored Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. So 
You see this family now, their children were not there. Now, because of hatred for the gospel, for the person of Jesus, they are now receiving a curse of an innocent man upon them and their children. So their child grows up and begin to go through certain problems, issues and challenges. The child will pray, 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 pray. Nothing is happening. The child will pray, go to prayer, go to prophet. Nothing is changing. Not knowing that the father or the mother years ago had said that as long as my generation is concerned, we are part of those that kill Jesus. We receive the blood upon ourselves. So let us not entangle ourselves in things we can't handle. Let us not entangle ourselves in the things we can't handle because others are doing it or because you hate a person. Some of you, you do what you do out of your hatred for one church or one pastor whatsoever. But at the end, what you forget is that it's not about the man. It's not about the man. It's not about the man. God is the one that owned the church. So everything you are doing, you are dealing with God. You are dealing with God. Number two is grieving the Holy Spirit. Number two is to grieve the Holy Spirit. Some of us, dear, you have a lot of mercy to ask, ask for. Only you have insulted, Pastor. Only you have blasphemed. Only you, there's nothing you have not done. As long as it's church, as long as church is involved, your body bites you. So now, it's now that it looks like, okay, you are changing. You understand better. But it has not changed the father that you have been, you have been like so. There's, a, there's redemption. There's a way for redemption. There's a way. But get to God on mercy. Get to God and cry for mercy. The second one is grieving the Holy Spirit. Grieving the Holy Spirit. We know what the word grief is. Everyone, can you hear me? Somebody saying no sound. Okay. I'm going to check your village. Your village people have stopped your sound. Grieving To grieve is to cause pain or to cause somebody to hurt. To cause somebody to mourn. Thank you. The word grieve is to cause somebody hurt, to cause somebody pain, to cause somebody sorrow. Alright? To make somebody mourn, to make somebody lament, to make somebody cry, miserable, to make somebody shed tears. So now, now, this is where we are going to. The Holy Spirit can feel pain. For those of you who have not, who doesn't even understand about, about the Holy Spirit, go back and search for the teaching I did on the Holy Spirit. You'll find it. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is a person. Okay? Is a person. And a person can feel, a person can hear, a person can talk, a person can do everything. I didn't say he's a human being. I said he's a person. So if he is a person, then what can happen with a person can also happen with him. So the Holy Spirit can be grieved. You can hurt the Holy Spirit. 
he can, you can make him cry. So imagine now, imagine now making the person that is your boss, the person that is the seal of your salvation, imagine making the person cry. Imagine making the person shed tears. A lot of us, we don't have time today. Today we are late. We are late already. I would have given all the things you would do to grieve the Holy Spirit. So, man, uh, man of God, I don't know what's happening. I've been praying, you know. I've been paying tight. I've been paying tight. I don't know what's happening. How far with your fellowship with the Holy Ghost? How far with your relationship? Have you been grieving? If you are grieving the Holy Ghost, your tight is a waste, cry. Your tight is of, is of no essence. Ephesians 4 verse 30. Ephesians 4 verse 30. Let's take some scriptures. The Holy Spirit is now the, the driver of the church. Is the driver of your salvation, the driver of your Christianity. So if is you are hurting the one that is to order you, guard you, protect you, you are making the person cry. What do you think should happen to you? And it said, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. So that scripture is telling you that you can grieve the Holy Spirit. But it's admonishing you, don't grieve him. Don't cause him pain. Give me another version, please. Give me another. He's the one that is the seal of your salvation. Don't grieve him. Don't cause him pain. TPT said, The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve. I was looking for a version that has a different word of the word grief. The Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your lives. Okay. So he's saying that another way you can grieve the Holy Spirit is to take him for granted. Alright? Don't take for granted his influence in your life. And if we are to bring this, we're going to talk about this, I think, hopefully next week. I'm supposed to teach on, on supposed to continue on harvest or seed, but we'll do that some other time. I want us to deal with this. If we are, if we are supposed to get um, down into this, saying, taking for granted, taking for granted, the Holy Spirit begins to talk to you, you ignore him. The Holy Spirit tells you what to do. You didn't do it. Later, when something happened, how oh, oh, I was getting ah, something was telling me I should have done this. So you have just taken him for granted. He's speaking in your life. You just you just shut him up and ignore him and go and do what you like. NLT said, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. So he's saying now that your lifestyle can make the Holy Spirit cry, like ah, the one I care about. 
the one that I'm living inside your body. You are the one doing this thing to me. You that I love. You that you that I'm, I'm, I'm protecting. You are the one doing. The Holy Spirit can cry. It can go through pain. Your lifestyle can cause him grief. He said, remember, he has identified you as his own. Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. I told us last time or during the camp that I, I, I will mention to the admin yesterday. Once you are get you are born again, you have a seal of the Holy Ghost. You are born again. Nothing can take you to hell. The only thing that can take you to hell is that you will say, "I'm no more a Christian from today. I want to join Islam. I want to join Buddha. I want to join whatsoever. I want to go back to idol." And anybody who gets born again and do that, their punishment will be worse than somebody who never got born again. Alright? So, Pastor, what if the person commits sin? What if the person commits fornication, commits murder, commit this? There are punishments to that, but your salvation will not be lost. Alright? That doesn't mean you should do it. That's what that's why Paul began to ask in Romans, I think chapter 6 or 7, verse 1, shall we continue in sin? So he was explaining this to them that once you get born again, your salvation cannot be lost, except on the ground that you deny Jesus. Oh, Pastor, what did the person go and start doing it, doing that? It won't be lost. But listen, listen. Paul said, shall we continue in the sin before, because grace, I think uh, Romans 6, check for me. I think Romans 6 verse 1. I think Romans 6 verse 1. Shall we continue in sin because grace shall abide? Say, God forbid. So grace has been given to you. The Holy Spirit has marked you. He has guaranteed you that you are born again. When Jesus comes, you will ascend to the Father. But if you now use because of that, that is a guarantee, there's a mark, there's a grace given to you that you must enter heaven as long as you are born again. And you now begin to live anyhow. Two, lot of things are involved, not just two now. Number one, on earth you will lose your authority, you will lose your blessings, you will lose your, lot of things that you would have gotten on earth, you will lose them. Number two, you can get infected with the disease and you will die. Then, getting to heaven, you will lose your seat, there's the royalty you are supposed to get, a certain kind of honor you are supposed to get, because, listen, the way heaven is, is the way the earth is. The way heaven is, is the way the earth is. There's just some difference. In heaven, there's going, there's going to be kings, there's going to be rulers, there's going to be slaves. So, most people who are going to enter heaven as slaves are those who, get, who got born again and they didn't live right. They keep living in sin. They keep going to club, keep drinking alcohol. They keep doing whatsoever. Another set of people are those who are who don't give to the things that have to do with the kingdom and to those who God say give to. I'm, I'm not joking. I'm serious. Those people who don't give, the stingy set of believers who don't obey God by giving, they don't support the gospel. They, because Jesus quoted and said that, Every giving, every say, put your treasures, put your treasure in the place where armed robbers cannot take it. He said, by giving, that you put your treasure in heaven. Jesus said it. Whenever you begin to give, you are making an investment. You are putting your treasure in heaven. But when you say it, people will laugh at you in the in the physical world and in church. Ah, what is it? What kind of nonsense? But that is the fact. Those who don't support the gospel, those who don't support the poor, support the orphans, support the widows and all of that, they, they won't be able to enjoy the royalty. 
another set of people who are not going to enjoy royalty the afterward are those who are not soul winners. Those who are not soul winners. You don't win souls. Souls are dying around you. Even your mother's an unbeliever. Your best friend is a Muslim. You are not preaching to them. You are doing nothing. You just go to church. Me, my own is my own. No, I don't care about anybody. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're going to miss out in what God has for you. So you, you will end up entering heaven, but you won't enter heaven and get a glorious position. So all these people who have suffered for God, all these people, another set of people are those who run away from troubles for the kingdom. Yeah. Those who have who run away from persecution for the kingdom. You won't enjoy glory. You won't enjoy royalty. So things are about to happen to you because of the kingdom. They are about to persecute you because of church. You now run away. Say, no, instead of because of church, um, somebody now come and fight me. Let me stay on my own. No, no. those who stood in and being persecuted, there's a reward for them. Those that stood in because of the kingdom, there is a reward for them. Those that died because of the name of Jesus, those that were beaten, those that were insulted, those that the family disowned, they still stood their ground. They say, whether my family disowned me or not, and we will serve God, I will serve Jesus, there is a reward. But you that the problem is coming and you run away, there's no reward. Will you go to heaven? Yeah, you, you will go to heaven. See, as long as you're born again. But the reward you would have gotten, you've lost it. You've lost it. You've lost it. So these things matter. Um, Moses, repose the verse for me. Repose the verse for me. Romans 6. All right. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in saying that grace may abound? He said verse 2. God forbid God forbid. So, uh, once you are born again, you are sealed by the Holy Ghost. You have been marked by the Holy Ghost that you will go to heaven. Get me Isaiah 63 verse 10. Let me get some scriptures and add up to this. Isaiah 63 verse 10. Is somebody learning something this morning? Are you learning something this morning? Are you learning something this morning? All right. So get me that scripture. Let's go. If you can also get me John 14, verse 26. It said, But they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. If you read the other version, it will tell you grieve. They vexed, they made the Holy Spirit angry. They rebelled and they vexed the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was turned to be their enemy. And he fought against them. Hey! They rebelled and they vexed. Can I get another version? Imagine when the Holy Ghost becomes your enemy. Hey, God. So if we don't understand the weight of what we are talking of. Listen, if you actually want to understand the kingdom, study the Godhead separately. Okay? God is not three. God is one. I've thought about it. Go and listen to the teaching I did about the Holy Spirit. I've thought about Trinity before. God is one. All right? God is one. But study the Trinity, study the Godhead, study God the Father, study the Son, study the Holy Spirit, study them differently. You will be able to understand the kingdom very well. They pray, they play the same roles differently. Okay? They play the same role 
differently. The father will not tell you one thing and the son will tell you another thing. The son will not tell you one thing and the ESV is always close to KJV. Don't be, don't be giving me ESV. ESV is twin brother to KJV. But the reverend against him and grieve his spirit. All right, easy to read, he said. But they turned against him. They made his Holy Spirit angry. So the Holy Spirit can get angry. So he then became their enemy. He fought against them. Hmm. But they rebelled against him and grieved the Holy Spirit. So he became their enemy and fought against them. If God fights you, you are finished. If the Holy Spirit now, the one that he said that does not forgive, fights you, you are finished, finished. So let me just give you a scripture. One of the reasons why the Holy Spirit should not be grieved. John 14, 26. Do you have it for me? If I cannot, oh God. Can I get it? There are a lot of scriptures, but I think we'll deal with this topic more another day. It is just a crash, a crash course. John 14, 26. If I can get John 16, 13, I'll be glad also. John 16, 13. Now look at this. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said. So he said that this person has been sent to help you. The word comforter there means helper. The word comforter there means comforter, whatever it is to you. So the person sent to comfort you, the person sent to help you, you are not making the person angry. Do you think the person should be happy? Verse 60 said, How be it then, the spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth. So the person sent to guide you through all truth is the one you are offending. How do you think? How do you think? How do you think? You will just go through it freely. Okay, let's run through this. Let's see if we can get into what you what we do that grief. That is a sin against the Holy Ghost. We're talking about sin against the Holy Spirit. There are things you do that quench the Spirit. There are things you do that shut up the Holy Ghost completely. You will chase him out of your life completely. Completely. You will silence him completely. All right. If you read, um, I think, Romans, um, Romans 8 verse 9, he also spoke about walking in the Spirit so that you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. So when you begin to live in the flesh also, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Because it's a spirit, you want to preach in the spirit, get results for you by the spirit. So once you begin to do every of your thing, kana, 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 you're offending him. You're offending him. You're offending him. You're offending him. Number three, quenching the spirit. We're looking at the sins against the Holy Spirit. Number three, is quenching the spirit. Quenching the spirit. First Thessalonians 5 is 19. First Thessalonians 
quench not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. So the spirit can be quenched. All right? And sometimes we do this in church. Pastors, pastors. There's a move of the spirit. All right, everybody, shh. Let's calm down, let's calm down, let's calm down, let's calm down. Do not stop the work of God's spirit. The Holy Spirit wasn't done. But because we have our own thing that we want to do, we now obstruct the activity and the move of the spirit. All right, I'm not saying there are times when that is for a different purpose. But generally, and once you quench the spirit, it becomes difficult. Now, how do we quench the spirit in our life generally? You don't want to hear the Holy Ghost. You have offended somebody. The Holy Ghost is telling you, forgive that person. You are hearing the voice inside of you. You are you are being struck, shaking your head. No. Ah, what is it? It should be like, my mind is telling me to forgive this person. No, 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 no. Ah, how will I forgive her? Look at what she did. Somebody has offended you. You are going to work the next day and you are vowed if you get there, you will never talk to the person. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. Say, let it go. Talk to that person. No, I mean, inside of Atu, you are fighting the Holy Ghost. Say, no, me. No, I won't. How will I talk? Do you know what this guy said? Do you know what the person did? The Holy Spirit is giving you a direction. Say, don't go here. You will fall into sin. Don't go. You will fall in. And you, you ignored him. You ignored him. Did your own thing. The Holy Spirit is giving you a leading. Do this. You are Today is Sunday now going to church. You are not prepared your one CD to put in one pocket. And the Holy Ghost tells you, bring out that 50 Ghana CD that you kept. Drop it. Say no. No. So you Quenching the Spirit is doing everything possible to ignore His voice. To quench the Spirit is doing everything possible to ignore His voice in your life. Everything possible. The funny thing we don't understand is that God gave us the Spirit. As, as powerful as the Holy Ghost is, God granted us the power and the authority to restrict or release the Holy Spirit. Whatever the Holy Spirit does in our life, we can restrict it and we can release it. There's a, there's a reward for it. One of, let me give you a few ways to quench the Spirit. Number one, when you begin to rely on other source more than God. If you read Colossians 1.29, this is talking about ministry particularly. We say, we are unto, I also, I, I also labor, striving accordingly to his working, which worketh in me mightily. So now you see pastors who refuse to allow the Holy Spirit to move. They are now doing the work hard. They are not doing the, they are not struggling. And they say ministry is difficult. If you quench the Holy Ghost, who is the pioneer of ministry? You will suffer. All right? We quench the Holy Spirit also, number two, when we begin to speak of him as one abstract thing. I've warned us again and again. Stop speaking about the Holy Ghost as a thing. Something is telling me. You are quenching him. Once you continue that, if you were ignorant, he will, he will be quiet. He will be quiet. He will still be telling you. But the moment you have now learned it, you have, you've learned, you've gotten the leading, you've gotten the knowledge that this is not something. The Holy Ghost is the one talking to you. And you continue. You will quench him. The word quench means he will stop talking. 
He will stop giving you sign. He will stop leading you because he expects you, okay, now you know you are an adult. You are no more a baby. You should know I'm not a thing. I'm a person. No, you, you, you listening to me that isn't as powerful, close to powerful as God. Imagine now, Ruth, I come, I said that thing. Huh? You, I was talking to somebody and I said, I'm telling somebody, pointing to you. And I said, that thing, look at what that, that thing is telling me. No, imagine how it sounds to you. You, that thing is telling me. Look at what this thing. You will get angry. You want to fight back. So now, imagine you are ascribing the same thing to God. Something is telling me. Something is telling me. Okay, you've been ignorant for long. Now you've learned the right thing. And you are still repeating something. Another way that we quench the spirit is when a church does not allow the impartation and the manifesting of the gift of the spirit. Any church that does not allow, there are churches where they don't speak in tongues. There are churches where they don't speak in tongues. They don't speak in tongues in those churches. They don't allow the gifts of the spirit to operate. Some churches where the Holy Ghost might take over and people are just speaking in tongues and somebody just speaking, Rabba, Gadaba, hey, stop that, stop that, stop that, stop that. This is not time for that, stop that. I know there are people that can overdo. There are people there, they can just overdo. Hmm? Particularly, there's, there are some, some, some specific, usually women, some specific church mothers in church. They can just from nowhere come out. Why service is going on? Things are just from nowhere. Ro, bo, 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 bo. Nothing, nothing is happening. There's nothing happening. They are just dramatic. They will do it everywhere, every time. That one there is distraction. That's not the Holy Spirit leading you. So spiritual gifts are presence of the Spirit himself coming to manifest and relate clear with the people. So every time we begin to shut up spiritual gifts, we are quenching the Holy Spirit. All right? Another way we quench the Holy Spirit is when we do things and we don't allow the Holy Ghost to get involved. So, you see, I, you see where um, service just gather, people are about to have a service. So, okay, this service is going to be just 20 minutes. And as they gather, the Holy Spirit tried to even take 10 minutes. No, 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 no. We don't have time. We don't have time. We don't have time. Um, it's okay. They just quench the Spirit. So everything is done by human calculation. All right. Uh, Bible reading, two minutes. Uh, worship, two minutes. Praise, two minutes. They, there's no, never, they, don't, they never allow the flow. I'm not saying, um, I know the Pentecostal church, most of the times, we use the excuse of the Holy Spirit to overtake time in, in church. But one truth you can't ignore is that if the Holy Ghost actually enters a place, he takes over everything. Sometimes it can take you beyond your time. It can take you beyond. So I understand the place of time management, but every time you always quench the Holy Spirit, every time you don't allow the Holy Ghost to flow, you are doing wrong. You are praying. And particularly those of you that pray morning prayer, you are about to go to work. You know that you will go to work by 6. You woke up by 6.30, uh, 5.30 to pray, or you woke up by 6. 
and suddenly you begin to pray while you just began to sing one song. You felt the Holy Ghost come, and you just say, in Jesus' name, amen. You stand up and you walk away. You are causing problems for yourself. You want to pray? Wake up one hour earlier. Wake up two hours earlier. So if the Holy Ghost wants to move, let him move. Allow him to move. You just wake up. Oh, Father, thank you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, rah, 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 rah. in Jesus' name. My day, is, my day is blessed. Today's you will now use confession that is that will not walk to cover it up. My day is a good day. My day is blessed. Oh, I walk in power. I walk in glory. I go out blessed. Charlie, shut up. Shut up. You just quench the Holy Spirit and you are coming to confess what? What are you confessing? We despise the Holy Ghost, number five, every time we despise prophecy and prophetic utterance. We despise the Holy Ghost every time we despise prophecy. Whenever you take prophecy for granted, you are, you are, you are insulting and quenching the Holy Ghost. I'll give, I'll give all this lastly and let's go to the next point because of time. We quench the Holy Spirit every time we stop or diminish his activity that alerts and awakens us internally. So the things you do that makes the Holy Ghost always alert you, like Bible study, prayer, worship, staying around a godly atmosphere. Once you stop, you do reduce doing those things or you stop doing those things, you begin to quench the spirit. A lot of you now will tell me that you don't hear God. The reason why you say that is because you don't pray, because you don't read your Bible. All right? You don't do the things that we set the alertness. Most of you, God used to speak to you, even if it is not even an audible voice. You will just feel it. You will just sense it. Something will just put a signal in your heart. But suddenly, you began to withdraw from prayer. You began to withdraw from people that help you to pray. You began to withdraw from the things. So right now, you can't pray anymore. The Holy Spirit does not wake you up anymore. It does not signal you. Even if something bad wants to happen, you will not feel it. So what you have done is that by you, whenever you withdraw from prayer, from the things of spirit, spirit, and spiritual activities, you have quenched the activity of the Holy Spirit. Number seven, lastly, you can also quench the Holy Spirit whenever you begin to um, suppress or you begin to put fear in the heart of people concerning the things of the Spirit, the things of God. Anything that takes you, anything you do that takes away fear, that takes away um, peace from people's hearts, anything you do, listen, the Holy Spirit is, a, is, a, is not emotional, but works by emotion. The Holy Spirit is a being of emotion. Okay? The Holy Spirit is a being of emotion. You can, you can see the Holy Ghost smile. You can you can you won't see it with your eyes, but you can just feel it in you. You can feel him smile. Anytime you begin to do things that create an atmosphere where there's no love, where there's no joy, where there's no peace, where there's no zeal and desire for the things of God, 
what you are doing is that you are quenching the Holy Spirit in that environment. You are a kind of person who knows how to always cause fear, cause panic. Some of you, you are very good at bad news. If they give you good news there, you can't share it. Nah, you can never share good news. If they give you bad news, the way you will share it, they might even give you a word. You are very good at sharing bad news. Such person quench. That's what I always tell, tell us. Choose joy. Choose joy. Choose joy. Avoid sadness. The Holy Spirit walks where there's joy. Where there's no joy, the Holy Spirit doesn't stay there. Choose joy. Choose to be happy. We know things are bad. We know things are wrong. We know things are some way. But choose joy. Somebody say, I choose joy. Anytime you type that, be careful not to do it without reacting. Anytime you type, I choose joy, let it follow a reaction. Either a shout or a smile. All right? Don't just type it and just, no, 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 no. It should come with a reaction. It should come with a reaction. All right. Number four, number four is resisting the Holy Spirit. Resisting the Holy Spirit. Resisting the Holy Spirit. Give me Acts 7.51. Acts 7.51. The Holy Spirit wants to function. You are trying to stop him. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit is still, still fall back to the things we've spoken about. He's leading you to do something. Ah, no, no, you are fighting with him. Holy Spirit is telling you, all right, go to this person. Now go and tell this person. You are in a car. Suddenly, you begin to get the leading to preach. To preach. Ah, if I preach now, how will ah, I'm ashamed though. If I preach now, they will laugh at me. If I preach now, yeah, how will I preach? Ah, I, I can't do this. You, you are resisting the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is telling you, leave the house, leave the house. Go and see this person. Go and see this. You are just holding yourself, pulling yourself back. You begin to resist the Holy Spirit. Later you hear that something bad has happened. Listen, you must understand that everything God does by His Spirit is for your own benefit. So why are you fighting Him? Ears stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. So like father, like son, matter has come. All right? He said they are stiff-necked. Stiff-necked. See what he called them? Stubborn people. Stiff-necked. Uncircumcised in heart. Their heart has not been circumcised. They have not been broken. The Holy Spirit that cannot lead them easily. I think my admins will understand this better. I, I talked about it yesterday. Their heart has not been circumcised. Their ears have not been... It's not just eyes now. He said their heart and their ears have not been circumcised. The word circumcised means to cut off. Their heart and their ears have not been circumcised. To circumcise means to cut off, to remove a part. Okay, now, you already have a mindset of how you do your things. You already have a, I believe, how things should be done. So now the Holy Ghost is trying to intrude in what you believe and you begin to avoid it. Okay, so what you are, what is happening is that your heart has not been circumcised. Your heart has not been circumcised. When your heart has been circumcised, stubbornness will be removed. Hardness is not time to choose joy again. We are done choosing joy. Choose it later. Let's finish this thing. Now you push your calm down. You are late. All right. So whatever that can make God not to easily talk to you, 
and you will obey is called resistance. Anything that can't make God easily talk to you and you obey him is resistance. It's resistance. Can, can God talk to you now? And it's not in your plan and you do it now? I pray that we will not grieve the Holy Spirit. We will not quench the Holy Spirit. I pray that we will not resist the Holy Spirit. So when you begin to resist the Holy Spirit, you ignore what he tells you. Yeah, it's part of the resistance. You, are, you ignore what he tells you. The Holy Spirit tells you things. You ignore it. Disobedience to his leadings in your heart to forgive, to pray. The Holy Spirit just prompted your heart. You were just busy doing your own thing. Suddenly you got a prompt in your heart just to pray. Just to pray. Just pray right now. Ah, I'll pray later. I'm tired. Mm. Rabba, 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 rabba. Ah, I'm tired. Uh, listen, that kind of prayer, prayers that come with prompting are usually the most powerful. Prayers that come with prompting are usually the most powerful because the Holy Spirit knows everything. He, he could just have seen that your mother is about to die and he just put a prompting in your spirit, say, just pray. He could just have seen that something was about to come to you and somebody want to hinder it and just put a prompting in your heart. Just one of the most powerful prayer is a prayer you that you get prompted. You didn't plan. So you begin to get a burden. Something is telling you to pray. Somebody's telling you to pray. The Holy Ghost is telling you to pray. You feel like praying. You, you don't know why. There's, you don't even know what to pray about. You just feel like praying. Please, don't joke with it. You might save a life at that moment. You might open a door for yourself at that moment. Every time you quench it, you have resisted the Holy Ghost. If you don't pray that prayer, you have resisted the Holy Ghost and you've spoiled something somewhere. you spoiled something somewhere. So, disobedience to his leading in your heart to forgive. God is telling you to forgive, forgive, forgive. He's over my dead body. Hmm. Be careful. To pray, to move. He's telling you, leave this place. Go to this place. Go and see that person now. Go and see that person now. If you go later, you might not get what you have to get. The next thing is to give. I've said this again and again. If you are somebody, I believe in, listen, give by planning. One of the easiest, best ways to give is to plan your giving. But where the Holy Ghost chooses to break into your plan, allow him. All right? If you want to give, you want to be a good giver, plan your giving. Some of you now, is this money you are looking for offering? You are not a good giver. You don't know how to give. All right? You don't know how to give. If it's this money you are looking for offering, it's a bad way to give. Paul speaking in Corinthians, say, let everyone prepare their offering before Sunday. Before Sunday, you should have set aside what you want to give. I had a culture... When I decided to make my giving serious, from the week, I removed my offering. I keep it in my Bible. Even if you are dying, I'm sorry, I can't give you my offering. You know, that's me. Heaven is shaking. Earth, I'm sorry, I can't give my offering. My tithe is set aside. 
So I have people say that, oh, I can give my tithe to the orphanage. So that is wrong. You don't give your tithe to orphans. You give arms to orphans. Your tithe goes to God, goes to the house, go to church. Are you getting it? I can give my offering to offer it, does not matter. So if somebody comes now, the person is suffering and the person is now crying, and I carry my tithe, I give them, I have paid tight. You didn't pay tight. One of the worst things that can happen to a believer is to be a giver and not a tighter. Oh, you are setting a trap for yourself. You are a giver, you give, you give a lot. You give, you sow seed, but you don't pay tight. You are setting a trap for yourself. Yeah, that's the truth. You are setting yourself up. Devourers, when they will enter, you will be shocked. Ah, but I've been given now. Pay your tithe first before you do any form of giving, whether offering, seed, whatsoever. The only time you don't pay tithe is either you are giving your first fruit or God instructs you to give me everything. All right. But pay your tithe first before anything. Are we following? 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 All right, let me take two more scriptures on this, and I'll give you the last one, and I'm done. And I'm done. Hebrews 10, verse 29. Give me, don't give me KJV. Hebrews 10, 29. I don't want KJV. I want a lighter version. Then the last scripture we will take is Act 5. There are a lot of scriptures we would add that would buttress this thing, but we will deal with them some other time. Go back and do research on every of this topic. Study for yourself and learn and grow, all right? So that we we'll become powerful Christians. I want us to be powerful. That's why I teach us all these things. Okay. Easy English says, So think about a person who has turned against the Son of God. The person's punishment will surely be much worse. Okay, so if you go back, try and go back to this verse and read later. Okay, I promise to do it on this topic before. I have not touched it. It's talking about, not now, deal with it later. All right, all right. It's talking about somebody who got born again. And suddenly woke up and said, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Yeah, that's the person he's talking about. Anybody who just woke up and said, I don't want to be a Christian again. This thing is fake or whatever that your excuse is. He said, so think about such person who turned against the son of God. That person's punishment will be surely much worse. Okay, there's hellfire generally. But such person will experience what is more than hell. Hmm? He says that Christ's sacrifice has no value for him. So whoever that get born again and go back, he's saying that the sacrifice that Jesus made for dying on the cross is a waste. He doesn't value it. All right? He has made God's good news agreement seem like something bad. It was Christ's death on the cross that made that person clean so that he belongs to God. But now, the person have insulted God's spirit who brings God's kind help to us. So what the person did now is not just against Jesus, but you have, you've insulted the Holy Ghost. 
Because don't forget, we read earlier that the Holy Ghost is the seal of our salvation. He's the one that marks us. Once you say, Lord Jesus, come into my body again, the Holy Ghost can put a stamp with himself. Boah. He enters you and put a stamp on you and say, this one belongs to us. This one belongs to us. That's why we say that a believer or a born again person cannot be possessed because the spirit of God already possesses you. You can be oppressed. You can be demonized. You can be manipulated. You can be whatever, but you can't be possessed. The Satan will now come start living inside of you. All right? Because, the Holy, because of the Holy Ghost. All right. NLT said, just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant, which, they, which made us holy, as if it were common and unholy, and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. All right. So now let's get um, Acts chapter 5, Acts 5, Acts 5, Acts 5, Acts 5. Still on this topic, take from verse 1 for me. Take from verse 1 for me. Let's see what another family did that they grieved the Holy Spirit and they resisted the Holy Spirit. All right. Look at this, everyone. But there was a certain man named Ananias. So this time... The church was growing, and they wanted to build the church and help the believers who were just coming in to the faith. And they said, okay. Everybody began to sell their properties. Everybody began to bring their... In those days, if you earn salary, you don't touch it. You bring everything to church. In those days, in this era, in this era we are reading now, if you earn salary, you don't touch it. You bring all to church. The man of God will collect all the money, give your family what you should spend for the month. That was how the church was surviving. So they will share the rest to support the men of God, to support those working in church, to support those who don't have job and all of that. So everybody gave everything. Those who had land were selling. Those who had um, business were selling. Those that had things were selling. Everybody was just to make sure that the work of God is moving forward. So now, look at now. A particular family now did something. But there was a certain man named Ananias with his wife, Safira sold some property. You could see that from here, nobody asked them to sell. They decided to sell. This is why I'm trying to break this down. Some of all the things we do with God, eh? we don't know we are insulting God. He brought part of the money to the apostles. The law is that if you sell, you bring all. If you choose not to bring all, no problem. It's your dealing. But the problem now was that he brought part of the money and he was claiming it was the full amount. So the problem here now is not just that he didn't just bring all. He's now claiming that it's the full amount. That's not all. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Be careful who you marry. Madam, don't support your husband to offend God. Boss, don't support your wife to offend God. The wife consented to it. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you why have you let Satan fill your heart? So Peter was able to discern by the Spirit of God that hey, what you are doing is wrong. I sense that this thing is not true. Why have you allowed Satan to fill your heart? 
you lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. All right, let's go on from verse 4. So this most of us do in church, eh? you make a vow, you don't redeem. You don't know you are killing yourself. You are killing yourself. You go to church, ah, I will buy a chair, I will roof it. They call for seed, you come out, you never pay. You are killing yourself gradually. You are killing yourself. Oh, I will join them to do evangelism, you didn't go. You are killing yourself. I will, I will claim the house of God, you didn't go. You are killing, you are murdering yourself gradually. Gradually, you are murdering yourself. All right, from verse 4, he said, The property was yours to sell or not to sell, as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? So if you never sold the property, nobody will beat you. It wasn't force, but it was what the church enjoyed to do. If you sold it and you brought the money and you didn't, you are, you just keep part of the money and you brought, say, okay, ah, this is half or this 10% this is what I can give. Nobody will beat you. But you woke up and you brought up and said, you are, you are, you brought all. How could you do things like this? You weren't lying to, to us but to God. So you see now, Peter was trying to explain something here. When we begin to deal with pastors, when we begin to deal with prophets, you are seeing a man in front of you, you assume and you conclude that you are dealing with a man, not knowing you are dealing with the spirit working with that man at that time. So because you see the person, maybe you are older or you don't like the person's face, the person has offended you, so you do whatever you like, say whatever you like, or you say, listen, you can say the thing in the front or at the back. Oh. It doesn't also invalidate that you've done wrong. So look at what happened next. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. And everyone that heard about it was terrified. All right, let's go on. Let's go on. He died for lying about ordinary giving. What you could have said, it didn't chop your money. And say you will not give, but you made up. You went to make a vow that you, you refuse to fulfill. All right. Then some young men. Oh, I like this young man there. Some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. No family funeral. No, no kinky, No banku. No chief mourner. And about three hours later, people that come late to church repent to repent, repent. If the wife had come earlier, if she was in church early, she, I, I'm sure she was doing makeup. She was adding mascara and foundation and roofing. Eh? Look at what late coming did. She came to church three hours later. Church that began three hours ago, you came three hours later. That means you came to do benediction now. Eh, madam, today is Sunday. You are, you are, by now, you are still doing makeup. You have gathered all the brush and all the color, everything. Are you painting house? Even those that paint house, they have not done. They have not done to your level. Eh? You know the kind of scarf you scarf you use is more than pop. You will not tie the scarf from yesterday. You wake up in the morning, start tying one big scarf that you that will take you two hours. Don't you have conscience? You know the cloth you wear to church was rough since Monday. You didn't iron it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You didn't. It was Sunday morning. You began to iron the cloth. What kind of believer are you? What kind of believer are you? Some of you target when praise and worship will finish before you enter church. You always set the time. 
when the, then we should be done with Sunday school, should be done with praise and worship before you now enter church. So if you target when the man of God has entered for you, enter. So if you have a timing when they are done with the first offering, maybe your church does three offering. So you target when they will finish the first offering that you miss. You are not a Christian, no. You are not a Christian. You are joking. Let me repost that part. Repost it for me. Repost for me, please. Let's run this up. Oh, my father. Let me repose verse 6 to 8 that you posted. All right. Then some young men got up and wrapped him and took him. Right? Is it there? No. Okay, yeah. That's it. That's what I'm looking for. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, was this the prize you, you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied. Don't forget she was in agreement. Yes, she replied. That was the prize. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door and they will carry you out too. Okay, let's continue. Verse 10. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out. They carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Oh, imagine the way they are going to. They are going to hell. Is it hell? They are going to heaven now. I don't know where they are going. Wherever they are going to, they are going by the, to the left and to the right. And great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. So. You see how we deal. We could we could assume or say to ourselves that um, after all, have I died? Your finances can die. There's something called spiritual death because of the covenant of grace and God's mercy. Certain things have been held away, but you can kill your finance by doing certain things. You can kill your health. You can kill your career. You can kill your opportunities. You are part of those who make vow you don't pay. You are killing yourself. Oh. I'm telling you the truth. You are part of those who take the things of God for granted. You are killing yourself. Be careful how you behave in church. Be careful what you do in church. If you are not happy, be quiet. Sit down. Finish. Go home. Worse, come to worse. Stay at home. I've told you, any man of God you don't like, don't attend this church. Any man of God you speak against, don't stay under him. I don't care to know. Don't stay. Look for another church and go. You might kill yourself. Don't owe God. Don't owe God. Don't owe the church of God. Some of you, your mother, your mother promised one church in the village that they will roof the church for them. 1951. Eh? It was a mother born then. Eh? 1951. Your grandmother promised church to roof it. The church closed down. The church closed down. Your mother, your grandmother did not do it. Your mother made a vow in one church. See, now she didn't fulfill you. Now you have started the same thing. You've made vows for the past 10 years. You have vows you have not paid. You have vows you have not paid. You are heaping problem over your life and your family without you knowing. It's not a gospel of fear. It's the truth. Peter asked him expressly, it was your property. If you didn't want to sell it, you won't sell it. You sold it now, 
and you are bringing half. So why are you bringing, I are saying the half is the complete one. If you have a question, go ahead and type it. The last one, drying the spirit. The last one is drying up the spirit. Number, number five. If you have a question, go ahead. I have 10 minutes left. The last one is drying up the spirit. You can dry up the Holy Spirit completely. All right? You can dry up the Holy Spirit. You are still a Christian, no? You, like the believer that we say, I've never felt the Holy Spirit. You don't even know whether the Holy Ghost exists. You have been a Christian for 20 years. You've dried the Spirit long ago. Pastor, why are you saying drying? It's the Spirit of God water. Don't forget the scripture we read in Ezekiel during the camp. God used a river to explain the move of the Spirit to Ezekiel. I've said to us that one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit is water. All right? One of the symbols, the Holy Spirit is not water, but one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit is water. Yes, that's fine. What is important is that you should fulfill it. Okay? If you made a vow, you couldn't fulfill it. Just be sure the time goes by. Let's say, for example, let me give an example. A church project. All right, we are fixing the roof of this church this week and we need money. And you came out as part of those who want to support the roofing. And they said they want to do it this month or this week. And you know the church has been leaking, water is entering or whatever. And you couldn't do it. The wise thing to do is not to sit in your house and just say, I can't do it, I will do it later. Go to the man of God. All right? Sir, I was part of those that made the vow, but I, I, won't, I won't be able to do, do it now. I'm having some issues. I will do it next month. Go to him. His consent can shield you from what's supposed to bring judgment. All right? His consent, his consent can shield you from what's supposed to bring judgment. Okay, no problem. Do it when you can. That alone can cover you from the problem that was supposed to come through that. Secondly, what happens to you if you can't remember if you have made a vow or not? How will you make a vow you can't remember? Eh? That means you didn't want to pay in the first place. That's it. That's it. If you made, made a vow you can't remember, you didn't want to pay in the first place. So you just made the vow out of impulse. People were doing. So a lot of us do that. They say, oh, give, give. People are giving. The man of God is not talking about it, preaching. Give, it talking. Then oh, people are coming and coming. And that look like your line. You are the only one left. You now stood up. So you didn't stand consciously because you wanted to give. You stood because people will not say that you didn't give. That is the reason why you stood up. So that's why, the only reason why you won't remember. Everyone who makes a vow should remember. You should remember. But if that if that is the case, you can't remember. Now, this is what I think you should do. Be a sporadic giver. Give a lot. And while you give, so give, do givings for no reason. You know the kind of vows you used to make. All right. So if you can't, if you think you might have made a vow you can't remember, you know the amount of vows you used to make. 500 CDs, thousand. 
be a giver, be a constant giver to the work of God. Father, I'm giving this seed today. If I had made any vow anywhere, I can't remember. Holy Spirit, remind me. If you are not, if the Lord is not reminding you, or you are not, you one that's not hearing, Father, if I if I made any vow anywhere and I didn't pay, Father, with this, show me mercy. Show me mercy. I redeem it. Show me mercy. I redeem it. Just be a be a sporadic giver. Give, scatter your seed. All right. So please, I want to know. You didn't go to the pastor, but after some years, I didn't say it's not. It's, it's, there's nothing wrong. All right. I didn't say it's wrong. It's wrong paying later. If you didn't go to the pastor, there's nothing wrong. But what I'm saying is this: if that project was marked to be done now. The money was needed now. And you came out, which means you've already given hope. Now they are calculating your money, adding to the money. Angel, every church have an angel. Every church have an angel. Every genuine man of God have an angel working with them. The angel have taken record. Okay, they have raised 50,000 Ghana cities for this project. All right. So if at all you have to miss out, it means that because of you, they might not be able to complete the money anymore to do the project. So the wise thing you do is to go to the man of God. He's the one that runs the atmosphere. I couldn't do this, so, but please, I can do it later. I'm having some challenges. Just him telling you, okay. Him telling you, okay. Or it's where, or God show mercy can keep you. You can do it later, but listen. You can open door for devourers to attack you before you will pay. Are you getting me? You can open doors for devourers to attack you before you will pay. You choose to pay one year time, two year time, five year time, eight years time, and all of that. You can start going through a series of problems. Your children become sick. Your business begin to go down. And the enemies begin to attack you. Your car begin to spoil. You begin to have issues. You can't even explain what is wrong. It's the vow that you made that you didn't pay. And those of those people that owe vow for years that don't pay, it's not because the money didn't come on. The problem is that you have no value for God. Yeah, that's the truth. Every one of us, we know ourselves. Those who make vow for years, more than one year, they haven't paid. It's not because you didn't have the money. It's not true. It's not true. Do you tell me, do you tell me that in over one year, you made a vow of 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, for whatsoever reason, over one year, over two years, you've not gotten the money. You don't value God, that's it. You prioritize other things over God. That is, that is the problem. Those who are givers, those who are givers, who are sacrificial givers, they can even sell their property to pay a vow. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you should do that. If you, are, if you don't have it, don't go. You know you can't do it. Don't go. Giving what? Giving has a, a value. Giving produce result is powerful. But you know you won't do it. Don't go. At my level now, one thing I don't do is vow. If I'm going for a program, I carry money. Me. One at my level, one thing I don't do is vow. At I try, I try my best. If I'm going for a program, I try to pray to discern what what seed will they be calling for in this program. For the past about two years now, uh, that's what I do. Two or three years, I carry money in my bag or my momo whatsoever. I, I just pray, Father, show me what is what seed that they call it. What do you want me to give? If God doesn't tell me what to give, okay, I carry a seed, believing to be around one of the figures. And let me say, let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. One of the time the all year is hottest. Huh? Is there anything like that? At whatever English I spoke. 
When one of the oil is hottest is when the man of God is actually calling for that money. I, God told me, that's why I carry money along. Not because I want to show that I have money. You get it? So if I'm going for a, a meeting, I'm as I'm planning my accommodation and all that, then I'm putting seed aside. I don't vow. I've left there. I've left there. I don't vow. I don't make vow. Oh, let's make vow. We'll pay later. Mm -mm. If I told me, be okay. It's beyond what I budgeted already. Okay, I'll bring the rest in the evening or I'll bring the rest in the morning. I'll bring the rest the next day. I'll send it next week. I don't, I don't do vow anymore. I carry my seed along. I carry my seed along. I think I remember my pastor in Accra. They were having, they were, they were doing their building project. So I went to Accra to see him. I took a seed and went to give to him for the project. I got there. He was telling me that they have given them quick notice to leave where they are currently. So they want to rent a new place and all of that. I know why he was telling me. At least I know I'm a son. I have to be part of it. I was tempted to make a vow. I was like, ah, no, no, no. I've left that part. I don't do that. So I kept quiet. So I know deep in his heart, we feel like, oh, yeah, maybe he thinks he has already brought for this one. So he won't also give on that one. I went there, but at the time, I didn't say anything. I kept bringing seed for the project because that's what God told me, be a part of that project. So I told my wife, I said, hey, we need to be part of this thing, this new hall they are renting. We need to be part of it. So I took my time, put seed together. I think it was two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I went there. I came, oh, why? I said, are you around? I said, yes, sir. I came to see you. Okay, let's say I didn't come to talk. I came to bring the seed for the hall at this thing. And he was shocked. And me, I don't like vow. I've no, 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 I'm done. I'm done vowing. Listen, growing, giving. As you grow in prayer, you grow in the word, grow in giving. If you don't want to suffer as a believer, this is not to cajole you or to scam you or anything. As you grow in prayer, you grow in everything, you grow in this thing, you want to prophesy, please, if you want to prosper, you want to live a, a joyful, enjoyable, easy Christian life, please grow in giving. So if you're listening to me now, since you were single till now you got married, you have been giving 100 Ghana CDs. I'm not calling for seed now, so so that we look like ah, I want to collect money. No, I'm not. See, since you were single till you got married, it's hundred city you have been given. Hundred city, hundred city, hundred city. You will never ancient of this. As old as you are, you will never change. Some of you, for the past 10 years, it's 200 cities. 300. You will never go beyond it. I have a task for myself. Once in a while, I ask myself, what haven't you given? It's for me, me, me. What haven't you given? What haven't you given? I was talking to somebody days ago, and she said to me something that even made me ashamed. Something that made me ashamed. We're talking about something like, ah, sometimes there's some people just talk about giving, giving in a way. They were like, man of God, what are you saying? If you are, if you are not ashamed not to give, are you not ashamed to be broke? I was like, hey, even me, Pastor Nobel, I'm the one, I'm not the one saying this kind of thing. See, even if you are not ashamed not to give, so some of the givings there have helped us to stretch us to make money. And that is the fact. Those who are givers understand. Not just the blessing that follow the giving. You For carrying their mindset to give alone, you want to make money to give. It's the fact. But those who don't give, oh, I don't have all. And they will never have. They will never prepare to have. They will never plan to have. So you see them rolling for years around the same figure, for years around the same poverty, the same struggle, for years, for years, for years. 
Hallelujah. I think, is there any other question? I'm done. I'm done. So next time I'm going to talk to us about the things that can quench the spirit, the things that can grieve the spirit, the things that can resist the spirit. And there are certain things, it's in the Bible. We'll get them, break them down line by line. All right. Are you blessed this morning? Have you learned something this morning? Have you learned something this morning? Okay. If you are making a vow on someone's behalf, it's a good thing. All right. I give on behalf of my unborn children. Now, if you are making a vow on someone's behalf, note this. Be sure they will pay or be ready to pay on their behalf. If you are making a vow on someone's behalf, be sure that they will pay or be ready to pay on their behalf. Okay? If you made a vow on someone's behalf and they didn't pay, it's you that God will fight because they were not there. It is you that God will fight. They were not there. I've seen a lot of women who go to make vow on their husband's behalf. The man said he won't pay. I didn't send you. Yes, your tithe is 10% of your salary and every income you receive. You see one cheating a lot of us do to ourselves. You have a business and you are a government worker. So you only pay tithe of your salary but you don't pay tight of your business. You are a thief. You are still the person Bible, uh, Malachi 3 verse 10, called a thief. You don't know. What have you been listening to all these years? Who have been teaching you? There are things that some of us say we, we don't know. I get shocked. Like, what, what, what have you been doing in church? What church do you attend? What are they teaching in the church? Listen, now, this is a, a basic thing, so. All we spoke about now is not for adults. It's supposed to be for children. All right? All the things we, are, we just spoke about now, they are supposed to be for children. I'm not talking about this platform. I'm talking about your church, where you attend church. If you are in a church where you are not growing, leave. I said it. I've said this to us again and again. Don't stay in the church where you are not growing. Except for whatever reason, okay, no problem, stay there. What? What are you doing? The first reason why you choose a church is not because it's close to you. It's not because of the size. It's because of knowledge. Any church, the first duty of a church and a man of God is to feed you with knowledge. You are not being fed. You are not doing anything there. I made a vow on behalf of someone. The person is aware and agreed to it, but hasn't paid it till now. If the person is aware and agreed to it, there will be judgment. You can still pay on the person's behalf. If the person agreed to it before you made the vow, now look at this, look at this. It's logical now. If the person agreed to it before you made the vow, oh, I'm going to church you, or they called for vow, I want to uh, make on your behalf. He said, yes, okay. But you've already made the vow. You now came back. You now told him, I sense that this person is a him. You now told him, and um, I made a vow on your behalf to give uh, 500 cities. The person said, okay. The person could just say it out of, I don't want to argue with you. Or, okay, I have to say okay for okay. The person still didn't consent. All right? The person didn't consent. Before you do things for such person, be sure it's somebody that would, 
that loves giving, somebody that knows how to give. So you can pay on the person's behalf if you have, you, you should pay on the person's behalf. If the person refused to pay, pay on the person's behalf. Ten percent of the earning from the business or business proceed. Your tithe, when it comes to business, your tithe is out of profit, not your capital. Your tithe is taken out of profit. So, for example, your your capital is ten thousand Ghana cedis. You you stock goods in your shop. You don't. That's not where the tithe comes from. When you now sell the business, you've now done your calculations. Okay, out of this business, my profit. For you can now you bought uh, shoes you bought shoes that is being sold at uh, um, five hundred Ghana cities each and you sold each of the shoe for six hundred Ghana cities so your tithe now is ten cities per shoe not fifty cities your tithe is ten cities per shoe so you calculate the ten cities for each shoe and pay your tithe is out of the profit not out of your this thing. All right, not out of the capital. No, not out of the capital. What of cash gift or any gift we receive? Yes, pay tight. So please, I make a vow, but I didn't pay, and I didn't go to the pastor. But after two years, I pay. Please, is that a problem? I've already explained this already now. Go to the if you have already you've already done it's done it's done so it's passed. If there was a problem, the problem happened between when you didn't pay and when you paid. If there was a problem or there should be, it already happened. Your own now is a case of past tense, but I'm telling you now from now understand this. If there was a problem, you already went through the problem between when you vowed and when you didn't pay. So what you should do that when you are paying, go to the man of God. Don't just send it to church or drop it and walk away. Go to the man of God. Let him speak words. Let him know you delayed in the vow. Every man of God, some men of God, some don't understand certain principles. Some don't understand certain ethics. All right? This is very important for a man of God to um, be um, a student of ethics and principles. Some don't understand that devourers, might have entered this person's life. You just go, oh, God bless you. We receive it and you just say, amen. No, 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 no. Certain persons, you have to now rebuke devourers before you tell them, God bless you. If not, that giving will not even produce results for them again. Yes. Yes, it's true. It's true. So it's very important being around ministers who walk by the Spirit. They can discern things and those who understand Bible principle, they can discern things. Certain... Um, Restitution are not just done by just giving. Words have to be spoken over that thing. So you don't just give tithe over your because of your salary. You are doing business, your business. You receive cash gift, your cash gift. Yes, give tithe out of it. Papa, in the midst of a duty or a duty or a col or, eh? or colleague, if the Holy Spirit prompts you to pray, meaning you have to pray in your head without you saying it out, please, yes now. You must not pray shouting. You want to lose your job. The Holy Spirit knows you are at work. You can be praying, not because you are now ashamed. If you are doing it because you are ashamed, the Holy Spirit will judge you. You are not praying in your head because you are ashamed. So that my, my, my friends will not know I speak in tongue. They will not complain. 
because you are part of those who discuss vulgar things. So you are now hiding your Christianity. You can speak in tongues on that on mutter in tongues. Are you praying? Yes, I'm praying. Call over houses. Thank you. Hey, dear. Every time prayer, prayer, prayer. Roma, Rama, Rama. Let them be. The God will judge them for it. But because if you now silence yourself because you are ashamed, they will know you are praying. God will judge you for that thing. All right, everyone. God bless you. The Lord favor you. The Lord be with you. May the Lord cause his faith to shine upon you. May the Lord keep us pure, keep our heart pure. May we not resist the Holy Ghost. May we not grieve the Holy Ghost. May we not quench the Spirit in the name of Jesus. It is well with you, and it's a good day for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. See you guys tonight by 5 p.m. My name is Pastor Norbert Freeman. I love you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Bye-bye. Ooh, Lord, thank you for your word this morning. I feel so excited. Thank you for your word. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.